The Adams Archive. Hello, you beautiful people, and welcome to The Adams Archive. My name is Austin Adams, and thank you so much for listening today. This last week has been a wild ride. If you didn't listen to our last episode, it kind of ties into this a little bit. Uh, And basically, I interviewed John F. Kennedy using several AI tools that I put together about his assassination, about his uh, alleged affair with Marilyn Monroe, and several, several other topics, but we had a great discussion. Now, the very following day after I posted that podcast... Joe Rogan interviewed Robert F. Kennedy, the nephew of John F. Kennedy and the son of Robert F. Kennedy Sr. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is under the Democratic ticket for the 2024 presidential campaign. And he went on Joe Rogan for three straight hours spitting nothing but facts about the pharmaceutical industry, about big pharma, about vaccines, about the assassination of his father. Um, about so many different topics, Wi-Fi, radiation, uh, like so many different things. And we're going to touch on all of it. All right. So I have a few timestamps here. We're going to walk through each of those. And we're also going to discuss a few other things, including what led to an explosive breakout of heavyweight titans going after each other on Twitter between Elon Musk and Joe Rogan and Dr. Hotz, or however the hell you pronounce this little uh, man's name, and even Mark Cuban jumped in on Twitter. So we'll discuss how we got to that point. All right. I believe it's Peter Hotz, Dr. Peter Hotz, H-O-E-T-Z. Apparently, I'm not very good at pronouncing names. Peter Hotz um, is a vaccine expert who's been on Joe Rogan before. And you might recall that name if you listened to it during the pandemic. Um, he was a bit of an alarmist. And he you know, Joe Rogan kind of broke it down, uh, you know, broke down some of his arguments in the original conversation that he had, but it came back around full circle because Robert F. Kennedy Jr. uh, had mentioned something about debating this Dr. Holtz. And we'll talk about all of that in a minute, but it turned out into this huge, huge explosion of, of conversation on Twitter. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just destroys the pharma industry, destroys the vaccination uh, fanboys, and breaks it all down, talks about autism, talks about the mercury poisoning leading into aluminum poisoning. Then he goes into um, the glyphosate on your food leading to like all of these things that that come together. So we'll, again, like I said, it's going to be a good conversation. We're going to listen into a few of these clips. We'll discuss some of it. And last but not least, he even mentions the fact of what everybody has made fun of Alex Jones for so long, saying, the frogs are gay, or however his voice is. That was my best Alex Jones. All right. So, <laughs> and we will even look at Alex Jones's response. All right. So all of that and more. But first, I need you to hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. All right. Not all of us are Joe Rogans of this world, and every single one of you that is here listening, I truly appreciate you listening from the bottom of my heart. You are just as much a part of this podcast as I am. So if you are listening and you are not yet a subscriber, hit that subscribe button. It means the world to me. It honestly does. I love doing this for you guys, and I appreciate all the conversations I have with you. If you're already subscribed, I need you to leave a five-star review. It takes 10 seconds of your time Just write something quick. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me your favorite episode. Tell me your favorite flavor of ice cream. I don't care. Just leave a five-star review. 
I would appreciate it if you think it's a five-star podcast. So thank you so much. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And without further ado, let's jump into it. The Adams Archive. All right. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. went on to Joe Rogan just a few days ago, and it has caused an uproar on Twitter, on uh, you know the, all of the craziness that is going around the country right now. Now, some mainstream media companies won't even discuss this. Like I was just looking at the Hill, and they won't even have this on their front page, which is, again, we already talked about the Hill going to the dark side. So we already knew that. But many people are just not even on mainstream media, not even bringing this up. Joe Rogan brings on Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and he starts the discussion by kind of talking about how he thought he was a crazy anti-vax conspiracy theorist. So let's see him kind of just bring up his point about what he thought until Robert F. Kennedy's book came out called The Real Anthony Fauci, which broke down Fauci's career of essentially killing Americans for profit from the AZT scandal all the way till now with the COVID vaccine. So let's watch him break this down for us. It's very frustrating for me when with letting you say things to you. And they have problems with some of the positions that a lot of people have problems with. I was one of those people. So when I had heard of you in the past, before I had read your book and before I'd met you, I had no information on you. But there was this narrative, and this narrative was you were anti-vax, and you, were, you believed in pseudoscience, and you were kind of loony. I didn't look into it at all. I just took it at face value because that's what everybody had said. And in my mind, vaccines have been one of the most important medical advancements in human history, saved countless lives, protected children. And I, I thought very strongly that they were important. I didn't have any information on that either. This is also just a narrative that I've adopted from cursory reading of news articles and, you know, not really getting into the subject at all. <sighs> then the pandemic happens. And I had quite a few very reasonable liberal people, rational people, people that I, I trusted their mind recommend the real Anthony Fauci, your book. And I'm like, Robert Kennedy wrote a book about, the, about Anthony Fauci? Like, what is this going to be about? Like, this is my initial reaction. You've got this, what I perceive to be a kind of fringy thinking, you know, almost conspiracy theorist type person that's not based in fact what their argument was. And he had written a book on Anthony Fauci. And this was right around the time where I was, you know, I was very concerned with the way things were going, that people were just blindly trusting that there was only one way out of this. That was, that was kind of bothering me, particularly when I had known that so many people had gotten the virus and been fine. So I'm like, well, what is, what's the reality of this? So then I read the book. And I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast, but if what you were saying in that book was not true, I do not understand how you are not being sued. You, you, you would instantly, immediately be sued. The book was 
very successful. It sold a lot of copies, but it was mysteriously absent from certain certain bestseller lists. People were not promoting that book at all, but through word of mouth and through the time that we live in, through this time where there was so much uncertainty and people were very confused and also suspicious. They were suspicious that they're being told a very uh, a narrative and they were starting to remember that, hey, this has happened in the past. These kind of narratives about medications, th these are, they have happened in the past. They just never happened where this is like the whole country is being convinced that this is the way to do it. So I read your book. And by the end of the book, it was so, it was so disturbing that sometimes I had to put it away and just read fiction for a few days. I was like, I don't want this in my head right now. You know, because I listen on audio. And a lot of times I'm listening in the sauna. So I'm listening while I'm already getting tortured. <laughs> so it's, it's 185 degrees and I'm listening to this, this book that if it's telling the truth, just about the AIDS crisis. So what I wanted you to listen to that for is that Joe did not start off this conversation by saying, I agree with everything that you say. He said, I was so skeptical of you that it took several of my liberal friends to come to me and say, hey, you need to read this book. And even when he was given it or he bought it, he still was skeptical. And then he started to listen. And then he started to figure out and unravel some of the narratives that many of us have found to be true, which he just mentioned, which is that this is COVID was not the first time the pharmaceutical industry did this. Going back to the AIDS scandal, the AIDS epidemic, Fauci was behind it all. He peddled AZT, a pharmaceutical medication, which killed people faster than AIDS did, which killed people faster than cancer did. So much so with cancer that they pulled it from the shelves because it was killing people within two weeks and then repurposed it to be used for AIDS, killing massive amounts of other people, causing protests around the entire country. So no, this is not the first time that it happened. And people started to realize that, especially when the same name, Fauci, came up under several of these situations. So he points that out. Now, where the conversation starts to spiral from from here is they go on to discuss vaccines for the next hour, entire hour of this. He just comes with every study, um, every situation, every litigation that he's he's actually gone through. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. started as an environmentalist in, in law and started litigating against companies like Monsanto, who were pouring massive, massive amounts of chemicals into the water supplies. And so he started litigating all of these large companies and, and winning. Then he starts to have people come up to him, and, and, and if you've listened to this podcast, and I hope that you have, and if you haven't, you should, who start talking to him about vaccines. And they say, if you think that this is a problem, you should really look into this because this has affected my life in a huge way. And they start to look in, into the vaccines. And what he starts to discuss is the amount of mercury that was contained, which is methyl mercury, which he distincts, says a distinction between uh, a different type of mercury, which he, you know, was kind of how they write off the mercury situation when it comes to vaccines. But he starts to lay out and, and pin this spider web of thread showing that it can all be traced back to the vaccines. So that was how it started off. Then he starts to get into some other topics. Now, I'm not going to go into all these vaccine information studies with you. I'm, I know a lot about it, but I'm not nearly as educated. So go listen to them 
it's a tremendous conversation, but I do want to get into some, some of these other points. Now, one thing that I would like to point out about this situation in general is nobody ever has had a platform the way that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was just given one by Joe Rogan to discuss something that was so, so conspiratorial, so against the grain. Now, I love this after doing the the John F. Kennedy podcast last time. Now now I'm starting to see the th the lineage uh coming down from John F Kennedy to Robert F Kennedy to Robert F Kennedy Jr. like I I am fanboying at this point at, at this this family because of the way that they've stood up to so many institutions. Right? John F Kennedy with the CIA, um Robert F Kennedy following in his shoes, obviously both of them eventually being assassinated, which is horrific, but also just the you know, there's there's something about somebody who understands the consequences of freedom of speech and doing the right thing and doing it anyways, not bowing down, not self-censoring, not, not cutting the conversation off when they know that people are going to maybe start to question their, uh, validity or, or just, if you have a belief and you believe that somebody or something or some entity is doing something wrong, regardless of the outcome, doing the right thing, especially if you're somebody who, who has, abilities who will allow them to speak to that power and cause a movement around it. Now, today, thankfully, we have social media and we can have so many people out there that are doing this on Instagram, on, on TikTok, on Twitter, on uh, YouTube, on Rumble, on, on podcasts, all of these you know tremendous people that are out there. Um, but the Kennedy family has been doing this for a very, very long time on the largest of platforms in, in the, the most powerful positions in the world. So again, I just love seeing him on this podcast and being given this, this platform by Joe to just talk. Joe Rogan, the most that he talks the entirety of this podcast was what you just listened to. Almost the rest of it, he's just sitting and listening to Robert F. Kennedy spout fact after fact after fact about all of these different topics that we're going to touch on. So again, like I said, I just, I, I love the way that this went down. It's incredible today that we have these platforms, that we have such a large platform for freedom of speech when at the same exact time we are being, you know, actively silenced and, and our, our mainstream media has positioned itself in a way where absolutely nobody believes what they say, but to have an alternative, to have an alternative like Joe Rogan, who, who CNN and Fox News combined perish compared to the amount of, of viewership that Joe Rogan gets, which is just incredible in a country like ours where freedom of speech is the number one amendment. The very first thing that they wrote, <laughs> right? The freedom of speech. And so to have a, a continuation of a platform in a world that was so far gone from that, that would just propaganda arm for the governments with every mainstream media company that was out there, all of them, every single one of them. So to have Joe Rogan allow Robert F. Kennedy to speak about the most controversial topics in our society today until you get into the real deep conspiracies that Alex Jones type people start to touch on. Um, you know, the, uh, and, and even if I bet you, if you let Robert F. Kennedy talk for long enough, he would be bringing up the Bilderberg group, the, the world economic forum, the, you know, then you can take it another step further. And we've gone into those conversations before about the, the, you know, it can get dark and deep, but as far as mainstream narratives that he who should not be named the number one on the list in today's society's vaccines. That is the Voldemort of topics. You may not say anything negative about vaccines. It's literally written in the bylaws of YouTube. I was reading it the other day. 
it says, if you say anything about vaccines not being helpful, anything about uh, vaccines causing autism, anything about like this is in the regulations of YouTube that your your channel will get strikes or will get completely pulled off of their platform if you mention anything negative about vaccines. So in a time where that is happening for the very single largest person in entertainment to just let him talk for three straight hours was just incredible. All right, so let's touch on one of the first topics here that I really enjoyed listening to that kind of opened my eyes a bit. Now, this is something that I've heard before, but I haven't heard it spoken about on a large enough platform to bring it validity. And that's that's something that you see throughout this entirety of this conversation is, is there's several of these things that you've probably heard before, right? We're going to talk about glyphosate. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, the Spanish flu. We're going to talk about assassinations. We're going to talk about radiation coming from Wi-Fi. Um, you've probably heard a lot of those things before, but to hear it on such a platform that, that brings validity to it, to the mainstream, not just, you know, the Reddit threads you're on, not just, you know, listening to Alex Jones or, uh, you know, Sam Tripoli talk about these things in the tinfoil hat pod, like the, the, the validity that it brings by him discussing this and the fact that he's running for president simultaneously is amazing. So let's, let's listen to this very first clip here. And this is going to be on Wi-Fi radiation. All right. And this timestamp starts at one hour and 10 minutes. What we can say is most of it started in 1989, and there are only a certain, there's a finite number of culprits that you can point to and say, this talk, it has to come from a toxic exposure because genes don't cause epidemics. You, they can provide a vulnerability, but you need a toxic exposure. What is it? Is it, you know, it could be glyphosate, it could be neonicotinoid pesticides. It could be PFOAs, which are the flame retardants that became ubiquitous, you know, around that same timeline. It could be cell phones. You know, it could be uh, you know, Wi-Fi uh, um, uh, radiation. So there's a That's certain, unlikely. What? Isn't that very unlikely, It though? could be ultrasound. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I, you know, I think the, the Wi-Fi regu- uh, radiation is a lot worse than people think it is. But, you know, I don't think. How so? Well, Wi-Fi radiation is uh, does all kinds of bad things, including causing cancer. Wi-Fi radiation causes yeah, cancer. Yeah, from your cell phone. I mean, there's cell phone tuner, tumors. You know, that I mean, I'm representing hundreds of people who have cell phone tumors behind the ear. It's always on the ear that you favor with your cell phone. Oh, um, and, you know, we have the science. So if anybody lets us in front of a jury, they, it will be over. You know, we, so what is, what is the number? Because a lot of people use There's a lot phones. of people with it. They're glioblastomas. That's the kind of cancers that they get. But cancer's not the worst thing. They also, you know, it opens up. Wi-Fi radiation opens up your blood-brain barrier. And so all these toxins that are in your body can now go into your brain. How does Wi-Fi radiation open up your blood-brain barrier? Yeah, now you're going beyond my uh, my okay. expertise. I, I, but what there are there are I'm going to use a number here, and you're going to think it's hyperbole, but but it's not. There are tens of thousands of studies that show the horrendous danger of Wi-Fi radiation, and. So and, this is Wi-Fi like that's in this room. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what it's Wi-Fi like, routers. You should not be sleeping, and you should not let your kids 
carry their cell phones on their breasts, particularly a woman, because they're associated with breast, you know, they shouldn't be holding them in the breast pocket. If you have to, all put them in your, you know, butt pocket. You should not be uh, having them near, near your head when you're sleeping. You know, you need to get away and you should never put one next to your head. You should always, I like, I will never put this next to my head. I put. So how many times have you heard somebody say that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have your phone in your pocket, like the, the amount of sperm count with males, when you put your phone in your pocket consistently has dropped tremendously, right? And then he talks about the blastomas that are happening within the, the, the ear on the side that you hold your cell phone to. So there, there's actual some scientific studies that we can point to. And I pulled one up here for us just so we're not, you know, reiterating exactly what he said here. Um, and this comes from sciencedirect.com. And it's a study done, done by Martin Paul um, with the name Wi-Fi is an important threat to human health. So here's the abstract. And it says that repeated Wi-Fi studies show that Wi-Fi causes oxidative stress, sperm testicular cancer, neuropsychiatric effects, including EEG changes, aptosis, cellular DNA damage, endocrine changes, and calcium overload. Each of these effects are also caused by exposures to other microwave frequencies, EMFs, with each such effect being documented in from 10 to 16 reviews. Therefore, each of these seven EMF effects are established effects of Wi-Fi and other microwave frequency EMFs. Each of these seven is also produced by downstream effects in the main action of such EMFs, voltage-gated calcium channels. And so what this also goes on to say is, and I'll give you the kind of uh, the highlights of it. It says that seven effects have been repeatedly reported following Wi-Fi and other EMF exposures. Established Wi-Fi effects, including aptosis, oxidate stress, and testis slash sperm defuncts, neuropsych DNA impacts, hormone changes. Wi-Fi is thought to act via voltage-gated calcium channel activation. One claim of no Wi-Fi effects was found to be deeply flawed. Um, so just there is scientific studies to back up all of this. And, and Jamie, uh, the um, guy that helps Joe Rogan on his podcast, uh, do the technical aspects of it, uh, pulls up one of the, these such studies and discusses it here. But let's let's finish out this segment. Put it on, uh, I, you know, I put it on speakerphone or use earphones. Uh, but, you know, I won the case in front of on this issue of uh, suing FCC and FDA about it. And, um, and, you know, and the court sided with me, so now they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and do it. But the Russians, you got Russians know more about Wi-Fi radiation than anybody. They, they developed it as a weapon, and a lot of the really good science came out of Russia. And, uh, you know, the Russians won't let kids use cell phones. That was kind of a small touch that I haven't heard. The Russians developed Wi-Fi radiation as a weapon. Now, that was one statement that I didn't look into. Let's see if we can find something about that. Interesting. Because just that one little statement uh, is is uh, quite, quite an interesting statement there. Let's see if I can find something on that. But in the meantime, I'll let you continue listening. Phones in kindergarten or, you know, in, in grade school, a lot of the schools in Russia don't let cell phones in there because of the danger. And the levels of radiation that they allow from cell phones is like one one hundredth of what, and I don't know exactly what it is, you know, so that's a number people shouldn't hold me to, but it's, it's, it, it is a tiny fraction of what we allow in this country. So 
the, the Wi-Fi radiation is obviously different than cell phone radiation. So you're talking about people that are just in a room with Wi-Fi are being exposed to something that's yeah, dangerous? Yeah, people, and you know, people have different sensitivities to it. Oh, some people are extremely sensitive. They become completely debilitated from it. And um, Really? Know. All right. So here's something that I just found on that. It says 68 years of Russian microwave radiation attacks on Americans with impunity. And this comes from the Washington Times. And it says some 200 American diplomats, intelligence and military officers have been harmed, severely disabled, and perhaps even killed by apparent microwave radiation attacks over recent years and decades, probably using weapons the Russians bragged years ago they were developing. Americans have been targeted and harmed by these attacks in Moscow, Peking, Shanghai, Havana, Vienna, some American cities, and now even outside of the White House. All this raises a major concern. Why do U.S. officials who are investigating this matter act like they are unaware of the nature and source of these mysterious attacks? This month, Secretary of State, and this comes from an article in 2020, Anthony Blinken, trying to reassure his implements about the microwave aggression, stated in a memo that the government does not know what is happening or how to stop it. Most of the reporting on the subject has portrayed the apparent attacks inaccurately or completely uh, or incompletely as a new phenomenon and of certain or uncertain origin. For example, the other day, a Pentagon correspondent uh, reported that these attacks began in Cuba five years ago. Has the media forgotten its own reporting from just a few years ago, this says? In fact, it has been widely and accurately reported the attacks began in Moscow 68 years earlier in 1953. Furthermore, the Russians have privately admitted this, justifying it because they were simply jamming listening devices on the U.S. Embassy's roof, as the New York Times reported some 45 years ago. As correspondent Bernard Gwetzmerman wrote on a February 26, 1976, after 15 years of denial, the Russians have privately admitted to using microwaves to counter the array of listening devices on the U.S. Embassy's roof, they have claimed. Some people think they use microwaves to activate their own surveillance devices hidden in the embassy. Um, he went on to write that the Russians' action had irritated administration officials and produced diplomatic protests because of possible damage to the health of American personnel from long periods of exposure to low-level radiation. According to administration and congressional sources, the Russians have been beaming the microwave emissions into the American embassy for 15 years. At first, the waves came from a nearby building, but after the structure was torn down, the waves came from across Chakrovsky Street, the large boulevard the embassy faces. But in recent years, reporting by the newspaper of record, had ignored its earlier groundbreaking revelations. The July 16th, 2021 issue of The New Yorker is a well-researched story by Adam Entius made it clear that many American officials suspect that Russian operators and technology are responsible for Havana syndrome, but quoted, I've heard of that before. I think we've even talked about the, that before, the Havana syndrome, but quoted a senior Biden administration official as saying, we have not yet determined intent or motive. We do not have a view on that yet. Interesting. Um, it says, over the years, di uh, diplomats in Russia repeatedly protested the possible damage and health of American personnel from long periods of exposure. Uh, so, interesting. Even just that small little statement, right? They've been using this as a weapon uh, to see the validity in that. And just this conversation here is pretty wild. Interesting. So, want to do more research into that? Look into Havana Syndrome. Oh, yeah, we have From a woman. Wi -Fi. Yeah, we have a woman who uh, who was a 
um, who developed an, an allergy to Wi-Fi. She was in the uh, Israeli Defense Forces, and she was in the Air Cyber Warfare Unit. So she was in a room with it all the time, and suddenly she developed a, a, and she's a brilliant lawyer, um, and she's one of the leaders of, you know, uh, in this movement to get, to make sure that they don't put Wi-Fi antennas on elementary schools, which they're doing now. There's no control over where p- people put these antennas. And if you think the radiation poisoning from Wi-Fi is bad, just wait till you start to research the next Voldemort of of conversations within our society and actually the Department of Homeland Security, which labeled anybody who discusses this topic as a potential domestic terrorist, and that is 5G. You heard me right. The Department of Homeland Security said if you say anything negative against the health effects of 5G, you can be labeled as a domestic terrorist. So if you think Wi-Fi is bad, Literally outside of the street homes and and along the highway that you drive every single day, you will see a 5G tower. Now, I don't know about you, but I know since 5G towers started popping up every quarter mile that I drive my car, my phone has not gotten any faster. That has done nothing for me. Right. And, and I also have heard that the people who go up and work on the 5G towers actually have to put on an entire lead suit because of the amount of radiation being leaked out of those towers. So if you think Wi-Fi poisoning is bad, just wait until we see the effects of 5G. Now, again, I have not done a deep dive into 5G, so I'm not saying with uh, an amazing amount of research that this is to be true. But if if they have to stand in front of those 5G towers with lead suits on to not poison the people who are working on them while sitting in front of them, what do you think that's doing to you on a daily basis all of the time, right? And this kind of like goes back to the conversation of like, if you went back a hundred years ago, every piece of technology that we have today from the lights, the camera that you're viewing this on, or the the frequency of wavelengths that you're listening to me from, from the vibrations that are going across the air in this magical, weird little way, all of that was magic. It was, it was nothing that was founded upon uh, some scientific evidence that we would have known that there is a way for us to, I don't know, uh, freaking pull up your phone and FaceTime with somebody and cross the entirety of the uh, the world so that they can see your face at the exact same second as you move it at the exact same time across the entirety of the world, right? It was all magic. This is the, 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 the way that we went from zero to one over the last hundred years. And I think this gives some sort of validity to the idea of, uh, you know, alien technology and, and, and UFOs crashing and, and us reverse engineering some of the technology that we found within those or getting, you know, little care package type technology drops from whatever entities have visited our planet. I, I do not see how one person on this planet took us from every, every invention prior to it being physical. There was no radio frequencies. There was no video. There was no internet. There was no, all of these things that, that we just, we just take for granted that we cannot see how they work with our eyes. This is the very first time in history that we've had technology like that. And it's just in the last hundred years. And, and if you break down society and, and, and history into a 24 hour clock and, and you look at the amount of time that we've had this type of technology over the last hundred years, right? The 300,000 years that we've been from, you know, our, our wars with uh, Neanderthals 
now that we are the homo sapiens and in the 300,000 years from the time we invented fire to when we invented 5G freaking cell phone tower networks is, is a pretty crazy jump. And almost all of that happened in the last 100 years. So the idea that we actually understand the outcomes of our actions or the outcomes of these technologies or the effects of, on, on our bodies or our brains or our mental health or our physical health, when we've only had these things for 100 years, 50 years in some cases, 30 years or, or five years, like 5G, three years even, like not, not that long of a time period, we don't know what's happening with these. Just like we found out about asbestos, just like we found out about PFOAs, just like we found out about seed oils. We are finding out all of these tangible things are literally poisoning you and your children. What about the non-tangible things? What about the things that you cannot see with your eye? What about all of those frequencies that are literally beaming between your eardrums from the microwave that you use to cook your food, to the, the cell phone that you're holding in your hand, to the radio that you take, you know, took for granted for so long. Like th those are vibrational frequencies. And, and there's an antenna on your car, on your phone and your computer in, in this camera so that it can pick up these frequencies. We don't know if we have that type of antenna in our brain where we're, or, or even just what the effects are when those frequencies are passing through our head as they're getting to our devices or our spouse's devices or across the entirety of the world. Like how many people are having a discussion right now? And maybe I'm just ignorant to how this stuff works, but where, where those frequencies are passing through my house, passing through my skull right now, as I'm talking to you and, and, and what effect does that have on your brain? What effect does it have on your mental health? What effect does it have on your body? What effect does it have on your DNA that you pass to your children? We don't no. So when he brings up Wi-Fi, that unloads a whole host of other issues that we now have to potentially address. And good. Because all of these things that we found out about the nutrition that we've had shoved down our, our throats, the, the, you know, the um, nutrition, the, the, the food industries, big, big, you know, conglomerates like Nestle and, and all of these companies that are out there peddling uh, lucky charms to your children with you know, red dye 40 in it that causes your children to have ADHD like symptoms. So you feed them that to make them be happy because they want it. And then they act crazy. And, and because they're acting crazy, now you get them put on Ritalin or Adderall so that they can focus in school, even though you gave them cereal for breakfast before they went to school to give them Adderall so that they can focus, which causes them to have anxiety. So you give them you know, Lexapro. And, and, and so now they have Lexapro issues. So, you, you know, like it's just this vicious cycle of profitability for these corporations. And just to have somebody on this type of platform question, even just Wi-Fi, who and Joe challenged him initially on that. He's go, wait, 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 wait. What is the likelihood, he said, that it's Wi-Fi? No way. Wi-Fi is hurting us. Right. It's just this magical frequency that helps me be able to learn the recipes and watch porn. Like, it's like, it can't be bad for you, but it is. And these are questions that we have to start addressing as a society is like, to what extent is, is the, uh, is the positive outcomes of these devices or of these, you know, the, the amount of pleasure you get from eating a, a piece of Sour Patch Kids, but the the effects that that has on your body and your mind for the next however many days or weeks or hours or minutes, 
right? To what to what extent are you willing to accept that trade-off? Because it's all a trade-off. Now, if you're willing to accept the idea that you have a cell phone and now you can have access to unlimited knowledge, but but you also understand that when you hold that thing up to your ear, it could give you cancer. Or but when you put it in your pocket, it could lower your sperm count or also cause cancer. Or when women put it in their shirt, in their breast pocket, it can cause breast cancer. Like all of these things have shown to be true. So to, to what extent are you willing to make that sacrifice? To what extent is it worth it for you? For me, I've learned eating a ton of candy is not worth it for me. I feel like shit. But then you want to start to address some of the technology issues, right? So, 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 but we're starting to get the information and you're now going to have the opportunity to look at these things objectively and go, is this worth affecting my body? Is this worth affecting my mind? Is this worth upping the percentage likelihood that I that I have cancer in my ear now that I'm on my phone six hours a day talking to clients, whatever that is, right? So there's one topic that he touches on. Now, the next topic that he touches on that I found to be interesting is how many people talked about the Spanish flu? Right. Throughout COVID, there was this narrative of like, oh, well, everybody used to use masks back in the Spanish flu days in 1918. So everybody wanted to use Spanish flu as a way of, you know, pointing to another pandemic in, in human history and going, but wait, this, you know, we we did things right back then. We can do it right now. And to say that these types of things have happened before. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. mentioned something that I haven't heard before when it comes to Spanish flu. And here is that. Is that. And, they, you know, there's there's good evidence that the Spanish flu, there's, there's you know, not, not a definitive, but very, very strong evidence. Uh, the Spanish flu was vaccine-induced flu. The, the, the deaths were uh, vaccine-induced, but the, the de- originally they said it was a flu. But when they've gone back and actually they have all the, sam- the samples from thousands of people, they died from bacteriological uh, pneumonia. So they died as a consequence of something that you could cure today it with antibiotics. Ampicillin. Okay. So um, when we say, but they still... So what was their so they you're saying they had a compromised immune system already, but why? Well, but, but a lot of the you know bacteriological illnesses can kill you. Yeah, it's that they, a lot of the viral illnesses. You know, if you're super healthy, it's pretty hard for them to kill you. I mean, I and I'm just saying this not on any individual basis, but on a population basis. If you look at populations that are well nourished, you don't see. Uh, infectious disease mortalities anymore. So, uh, and that's across. You know, I don't think anybody would argue with that. So, what do you what are you saying that the Spanish flu was? And like, what is the the documentation? Well, the uh, you know, I you said that Fauci has publicly Fauci, admitted that it's uh, not a Fauci flu. Fauci wrote an article in two thousand eight, and uh, that I'm pretty sure it's two thousand eight in which he not acknowledged that it was not the flu that was killing those people. It was a bacteriological infection. And a bacteriological infection, these days, you could 100% cure all of it with an antibiotic. 
but so, um, but something was making them ill and to make them vulnerable to the bacteriological that's unclear. infection. And, you know, I read an article recently, and and you can look up these articles pretty easily. But there, the the article that I read made a very strong case that the illness came from testing a new vaccine in Kansas at a military base in Kansas. And I, again, I'm a little hazy on the details. But this is important to cover, right? So right. let's see if we can find this. Predominant role of bacteria pneumonia as cause of death in pandemic influenza yeah, implications. Yeah, of uh, pandemic influenza preparedness. So what this is saying is that bacterial pneumonia was the cause of death, but these people obviously were... were they were saying that they had they were sick before this correctly correct is that true you know what i i you know i shouldn't talk about this joke okay so this is let's i don't remember enough about let's, it let's read what he says the results post-mortem samples were examined from people who died of influenza during the 1918 to 1990 1919 rather uniformly exhibited severe changes indicative of bacteria bacterial pneumonia bacteriologic and histopathologic results from published autopsy series clearly and consistently implicated secondary bacterial pneumonia caused by common upper respiratory tract bacteria in most influenza fatalities. Yeah, and, and some people have suggested that came from getting people to wear masks. Oh, Jesus. So, I, but, I, you know, I don't know. How would that? Be, that the mask became the bacteria, a, a, a media a for bacteria. Conclusions. The majority of deaths from the 1918-1919 influenza pandemic likely resulted directly from secondary bacterial pneumonia caused by common upper respiratory tract bacteria. Less substantial data from the subsequent 1957 and 1968 pandemic are consistent with these findings. If severe pandemic influenza is largely a problem of bacterial, viral bacterial Copathogenesis, pandemic planning needs to go beyond addressing the viral cause alone. Example, influenza vac vaccines and antiviral drugs. That's hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. Prevention, diagnosis, prophylaxis, and treatment of secondary bacterial pneumonia, as well as stockpiling of antibiotics and bacterial vaccines, should be high priorities for t pandemic planning. Yeah, so he didn't remember that. Yeah. So it looks like this was a HSS uh, public access study um, that was called predominant role of bacterial pneumonia as a cause of death in pandemic influenza implications of pandemic influenza preparedness, which was co-authored by Fauci. Um, so that's the name of the article. If you want to look it up, uh, I won't bore you with all of it, but it's pretty, it looks about 12. 14 pages or so. But there, there's the name of it if you want to dig into the research of that. <coughs> All right. So I found that to be interesting. How many people cited the Spanish flu uh, when it came to COVID? And now to find out the validity of that, maybe coming down to bacterial infections or pneumonia, uh, potentially even being caused by masks. Hmm. Crazy. Now, talking about crazy, here's one of my favorite parts of this conversation, if not the best part of this conversation. Uh, but first, go ahead and subscribe. 
every single person listening to this right now could use a little good karma. If you're like me, you know, anything and everything that you can do to get a little good karma in your life. And one way that you can give back and have it come back around to you is by hitting that subscribe button. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me. I would appreciate it. Leave a five-star review. I know I said it earlier and I know you heard me. So go ahead and leave a review. I would appreciate it. Um, and then Substack, austinadams.substack.com. Sign up. We will get back to a regular cadence of our podcast companions and more very shortly. So go ahead and sign up and you will get it for free to your inbox. doesn't cost you anything. All right. So my favorite subject discussed during the entirety of the Joe Rogan podcast with Robert F. Kennedy was having to do with frogs. Now, we all know the Alex Jones meme where he talks about the water's turning the frogs gay or however his voice is. Um, but I have the clips here and we will look at that. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. cites a study that was done with 40 frogs where there was a compound called uh, atrazine. And atrazine is a high percentage of it is in the water supplies that we find ourselves drinking. If you don't have a water filter, you should get one, a good one. You can get the same one that I got on uh, on Amazon for like $120 or so, but it's probably one of the best purchases you'll ever make. Uh, you don't want that stuff in your water or anything else that's in there, including, you know, if you think some of these things they're talking about is is crazy, you know, everybody's been talking about fluoride for long enough to maybe you should second guess that too, but maybe it's a topic that we'll dive into later. Um, but there is a long-standing meme of Alex Jones talking about the water supply turning the frogs gay. You've heard that. I know you have. But Robert F. Kennedy gives some validity to that argument here on the Joe Rogan show. Um, so let's listen to him briefly touch on that. Then we will listen to Alex Jones's response to that, which I found to be quite interesting as well. Um, so here is Robert F. Kennedy's quick statement on that. And then we will jump over to Alex Jones's response. It's an endocrine disruptor. So, um, you know, similar to phthalates. Like phthalates are an endocrine disruptor. Probably the most disturbing endocrine disruptor, and this is something we should all be looking at, is yeah. atrazine. Yeah. Because atrazine, which is now ubiquitous, it's everywhere. But you can take atrazine, and there, you know, this you you. What is his name? Jamie. Jamie. Young you, Jamie. You, you can look up. <laughs> You can look up this study. I think the guy, the scientist's name is Tyler, I think. And that might be his first or second name. But they took... Oh, it's Loden. They don't want us to hear about the gay frogs, do they? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let's refresh this page here and see if we can get back to it. <laughs> it sounds so crazy. You know, Alex Jones is talking about the, the water supply is turning the frogs gay. And uh, for so long, that has just been one of the claims to fame for why Alex Jones is crazy is for talking about the water making the frogs gay. And again, here Atrazine. we have validity to it. And they put it in a tank with 40 frogs for th yeah. uh, three years. They put it below the exposure levels that EPA considers acceptable to humans. 
And 30 of those frogs, they were all male frogs. And they were double Z, you know, male frogs, so they were super males. And 30 of those frogs were chemically castrated. Four of them turned into females and produced fertile eggs. So they took male frogs, gave them atrazine, 10% of them turned into female and produced fertile eggs. And we're subjecting our children to exposure to that every day. What is atrazine? It's in the water. It's a, it's a pesticide. Here it is. Report toxic herbicide found in many Texans drinking water. That's it. That's from 2018, November 20th. Yeah, and what, you know, what does this do to sexual development in children? Nobody knows because we, we know what it does to frogs. Yeah. But, um, you know, nobody knows what that does to, you know, what it's doing. Those kind of persistent exposures would do to our children. Yeah, it's terrifying. So atrazine, um, microplastics, all, all those things are having an effect, a similar effect on... And Joe just um, must not have caught on systems. to the gay frogs, yes. Alex Jones correlation at this yeah, point. Yeah, we had uh, but. Dr. Shanna Swan <laughs> who wrote that book, uh, Countdown, that's all about this. Because he segues out of it. But let's go ahead and listen to Alex Jones's response to the idea that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. agrees with him to some ex certain extent, right? That, not that the frogs are gay, but that the frogs were chemically castrated by the water supply and even turn into females. And here is his response. Really recognized as the Alex Jones gay frogs rant. Do you understand that? Turn the, the freaking, freaking frogs, frogs gay. Bow, bow, Corporate media has attacked me thousands of times for it, literally. There have been dozens of times that late night comics have made it their central joke. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Serious crap. Wow. If he is that upset about a government conspiracy that is not happening, just imagine how upset he's going to be when he finds out about one that actually is. Like this explanation as to why men are gay. The reason there's so many gay people now is because it's a chemical warfare operation. Here's the inside of this juice box. And if, you, and if they zoom in anymore, see that thin plastic? It's got it. After you're done drinking your little juices, well, you, I mean, you, you, you're ready to go out and have a baby. He's saying the chemicals are making people gay. Folks, it's making the frogs gay. Two-thirds of the frogs down in Houston are bisexual. Great show, Alex. We sold a lot of super male vitality formula. Soon, all of your listeners will be transformed into gay Illuminati lizards! <laughs> Fun side note, Pinterest also took down their InfoWars page, which is bad news if you were planning an autumn wedding with the theme Gay Frog Chemtrails. <laughs> Tap water is a gay bomb, and that they are putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Matt Brain Fighters is how the lesbian conspiracy has maintained its vice grip on our nation's chia seed supply, all right? It's how they reproduce. Alex Jones is a fake, which, by the way, people have a right to be. Remember that gay frog clip at the start? He did a follow-up show explaining how chemicals were being placed in the water to feminize society and reduce the population, and then immediately segued to this. We sell five different brands of the very best water, uh, water filtration systems out there. They're amazing. They cut out 99.99% of the glyphosate, the herbicides, the pesticides, the fluoride. 
I mean, to an untrained eye, it sure seems like he was using the idea of a gay frog to sell his products, which, incidentally, is the same mistake the WB network made. On Infowars, one of his most famous statements was saying that tap water is turning the frogs gay and it'll turn you gay too. First off, gay people are awesome. I don't think that's a problem at all. That's the problem with a guy like Alex Jones, because he got them to believe that the gay frogs were based on studies and facts. But it's not a laughing matter. Endocrine disruptors, phthalates, and other chemicals in the water supply are gender bending, not just frogs, not just birds, not just monkeys, but humans. Every species on Earth is becoming sterile and is also confusing its sexual preference. We know from studies over a decade ago that mercury makes birds gay. And people go, yay, gay's cool. Except now there won't be any more of those birds. They're going extinct. Many species of frog and toad are close to going extinct because the majority of the males, when they come in contact with atrazine and other chemicals, are becoming attracted to other males and trying to fertilize other males' eggs that don't exist. Then when you pull back and you study books like Ecoscience written by Obama's scientists, now, as he's going through this, there's studies flashing over the screen here the entire time with the things and references to what he's discussing. Um, so I'll give you some of them. When he's talking about the birds, it's a, a News Digest uh, article that says mercury poisoning makes male birds homosexual from 2010. Hey, um, as cool. you go on. Except now there won't be any more of those birds. Um, the next article that starts to pull up is coming from... The Scientific American, which has frogs mass extinction on the horizon. The deadly uh, citrid fungus is blamed for the most uh, for most of the 200 recent amphibian disappearances with more to come. The next article comes from uh, the PNAS scientific journal, um, which has hermaphroditic demasculinized frogs after exposure to the herbicide atrazine at low ecological relevant doses goes on to discuss that um, following that the next article is atrazine exposure alters frog sex and that's coming from the institute of agriculture and trade policy so he there's receipts here he's not just saying crazy stuff as everybody wants to make it seem there's validity that to everything that he's discussing here so here you go then when you pull back and you study books like Ecoscience written by Obama's science czar, he admits to plans John to put gender-bending chemicals in the water. So this isn't just an accident. This isn't just runoff that is taking place. This is being... In the article that he references there, we can get into too, but let's just move forward. ...done by design as a program of depopulation. They have picked formulas for fuel and formulas for other products like plastics that create the leakage and the leaching of these chemicals into the environment. When I've talked to top chemists, uh, top developers, and they say it's very easy and inexpensive to have safer fuels, safer plastics, and other products. The system made a decision back in the 50s and then the 60s when microwaves came out to, by design, allow lining in the plastic containers where the food would then be cooked to leach massive amounts of phthalates and other chemicals that, again, on record in utero, if a woman is eating food that was cooked 
heated on those plastics, not just in microwaves, but also in conventional ovens, that it would then leach those chemicals. And in utero, in the first trimester, lower the level of testosterone, penis size, number of sperm, you name it, that her child, when he grows up, will be able to produce. This has all been done by design. Don't microwave their food in plastic containers. And the reason for this is pretty simple. The American Academy of Pediatrics warns families to avoid this practice because when plastic containers are heated up, they can release harmful chemicals into that food. And kids are the biggest concern, of course. Why? Well, these leached chemicals may interfere with the child's hormones. Override big tech sensors. All right, so there is a little bit of his response to that. Let's see if he has any more about this specific topic. It's just one example. My father owns property with sterilized fish on it with just a few drops put into the water when they were developing as eggs, as embryos. This is everything, ladies and gentlemen. This is how the globalists have emasculated us. Our sperm counts are down more than 50% in every industrialized country. And as soon as other countries that weren't industrialized, like Brazil, adopt the same chemicals, the same policies that are used in the Europe, in Japan, in the U.S., in Canada, in Australia, we're seeing similar numbers. And not just sterilization, not just feminization, but we're also seeing skyrocketing cancer cases. Kind of a jungle electric green, I would call it. Uh, they're great shirts. These came in about a month ago before they went <laughs> save, on sale. Save the frogs. Everybody around the office wants one. Uh, people have been loving them. People have been <laughs> process whole soybeans and leave the All right. So there's your Alex Jones, the frogs are gay segment coming from the validity brought to it by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, now, if there wasn't a presidential candidate, Andrew Rogan, validating what Alex Jones was discussing, you've seen recently Joe Rogan has like kind of positioned himself a little bit away from Alex Jones since the Spotify deal. So the fact that Robert F. Kennedy Jr., just in a roundabout way, and it wasn't even addressed on the actual podcast itself, brought back the topic of the frogs being gay <laughs> and emasculated. And, you know, but, but but there's true validity to the things that he's talking about. There's a lot of validity in my vocabulary today, um, but it's valid, right? There's a lot of valid things being discussed. So, uh, but, but it's crazy to see how in a different setting, in a different format, discussed in a different way by a different person, Joe Rogan's open to the idea that that's not so crazy. And all of the scientific studies back exactly what Alex Jones is discussing here, just as if that that one little sentence by by RFK said that Russia used microwaves as, as a, a weapon against us. And you start to dive into Havana syndrome and, and the things that have happened to over 200 politicians regarding Havana syndrome and these certain uh, offices and, and places that they went to where they were uh, attacked with that microwave uh, weaponry. It's crazy, right? So, so the same thing with Alex Jones is you almost have to take a, a, a three, the four words that he says and like go do research on it, and and see that maybe there's some validity to it, and maybe he's off some of the time. But the, the amount of times that Alex Jones has been right compared to been wrong in his main narratives that he's he's discussing is is pretty consistently on uh, a, a more accurate um, than false narrative. And things like, you know, we could get all the way into the Sandy Hook stuff about his, you know, $12 billion or whatever he got sued for, which is wild. Um, 
But anyways, let, let's let's go back to the discussion at hand here, which is that uh, the water and atrazine. So so a few things. Let's just discuss what you can do about what we've discussed so far. When it comes to Wi-Fi poisoning and radiation poisoning coming from your cell phone, you should turn your phone on airplane mode every single night. It should not be by your bed, especially next to your head. Use speakerphone or headphones. Just and turn off your Wi-Fi at night. If you're not using it, it shouldn't be on. You're emitting vibrational you know, frequencies throughout your household for no reason if it's on at night. No reason at all. All right, so turn your Wi-Fi off at night. Turn your phone in airplane mode. Uh, some people have been discussing more recently not using Bluetooth headphones and using regular headphones. I've seen some discussions around that, I believe, by uh, might have been even Andrew Huberman, who discusses that there's not enough EMFs to justify not using them, I believe. It, I forget who it was. I believe I believe it was Andrew Huberman, but it might have been somebody else. Um, so maybe research that a little bit more on your own. But but again, if it's not natural, if it wasn't around 100 years ago, and it has to do with some sort of wizardry, sorcery that's been going on in our world over the last 30 to 40 years, maybe you should second guess using it all the time, right? Whether it's your cell phone next to your ear or in your pocket causing testicular cancer, whether it's, you know, any of these things that we've discussed today, right? So, so, and then when it comes to the water supplies, you should absolutely have a filter. Now, people discuss the Berkey filter being the best filter. You can get a, a replacement for the Berkey filter, a, a, like an off-brand Berkey filter. I believe I got mine on Amazon for $120, uh, which most people are moving towards that model anyway. So uh, go find it. This is big silver jug. Um, you put it next to your sink for $120. You can have obviously the peace of mind knowing that the government isn't controlling what chemicals go into your body. You are. When you go to the grocery store, start to to turn it over and look at the labels, right? All, all of this comes with awakening and figuring out that, oh, these institutions do not have mine or my children's best interest in mind. So when you realize that, you have to start to question everything from the technology you're using to the food that you're consuming to the, the water that you're drinking and everything in between. So start to ask those questions and, and, and some of these things start to unravel. All right, now um, let's go into one of the, the the more controversial parts of this discussion, which turns into um, where Robert F. Kennedy Jr. mentions uh, Dr. Peter Holtz, H-O-E-T-Z. We'll probably find out here how to actually pronounce it because I'm probably doing a terrible job when he brings it up here. So let's bring up that portion of the conversation because that's going to bring us into the rest of our discussion where Twitter starts to explode with Joe Rogan calling out this physician this doctor, this vaccine scientist, to debate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because he starts to tweet out about this conversation between the two of them. Um, and so we'll, let's dive into the details. But but let's let's hear the intro here where uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. first discusses this uh, man at two hours and 26 minutes. Um, so let me find that timestamp for you. Two hours, 26 minutes and 30 seconds. Many, many debates. And I've asked Hotez, Hotez many, okay. many times. So I was completely wrong. And Hotez. I think you've asked him here, <laughs> why don't you debate Robert Kennedy? And he said, because he's a cunning lawyer or something like that. Mm, but, um, yeah. but I've debated Hotez on the telephone with, uh, you know, with kind of a referee. And, uh, you know, I, his, his science is, is, is just made up. 
he cannot stand by it. He can't cite studies. Well, he was trying to tell me that vaccines don't cause autism. I said, yeah, okay, and his well, daughter well, has I, autism, and yeah. he wrote a book. Yeah. That, but I know, asked My him. daughter doesn't have, that didn't get her autism from a vaccine, but I've read that book, and there is no science cited in that book. It's just him saying, you know, it didn't happen. And listen, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, and, I, and God bless him, and God bless that little girl. And, you know, I have nothing but... Um, you know, good energy going to them. And, you know, I, but I, it's not, he's using her as a leverage to tell people you, you know, there's no problem here. But this and, is my point that I, I asked him, what does? And he said, yeah. there's a, a few, there's environmental factors they're aware of. I go, what are those? And he couldn't cite them. Yeah. Like, how can you be so sure to say this definitely doesn't? But you're telling me there's a bunch of environmental factors that do cause it, and we're aware of those factors, but you're not aware of them, and you're an expert in this? Yeah. How is that possible? You're a, I mean, that, that's the main— He's a that, health expert. That's the big question that anybody who says it's not the vaccines, I'm like, okay, fine. But they don't want—if you but say it's me, not the vaccines, people go, ah, yeah. good. That's, that's what I wanted to hear. That's yeah, what I want to hear. What is it? When you say it is the vaccines, people go, oh, my God, I don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. And they get angry. They get angry at you. And they go, oh, tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist. And, but the fact Man. that no one will debate you speaks volumes, especially uh, now. They can't say now that you're not popular. And what's uh, crazy is that B Biden now has decided he's not even going to debate anybody in the primary. Yeah, or, I, 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 I had, um, I'll just tell you one story. The Connecticut State Legislature was debating. Okay. So there is your entry into the big explosion of controversy that came out from Dr. Peter Hotez, as we now know his name is pronounced. <laughs> uh Gosh, I just feel like there's been a few names. Oh, oh, and I would like to make one correction from my last podcast. So um, somebody somebody pointed this out to me is, is in the last podcast where I was interviewing John F. Kennedy and discussing um, the actual shooting of Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, I, I mixed two characters up in this tale, which is that um, Lee Harvey Oswald was actually uh, assassinated by Jack Ruby. Um, the person that I mixed him up with was uh, Mr. Ferry. I forget Mr. Ferry's first name, but Mr. Ferry was actually supposed to be allegedly the, the getaway man who was the director or some position above Lee Harvey Oswald, which shows the connection between him and Lee Harvey Oswald of the uh, Civil Air Patrol or some some sort of uh, 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 you know institution that he was a part of that had to do with flight. And so... Um, that was the mix-up that I made. So, uh, correction for my last podcast. It was not Mr. Ferry who assassinated Lee Harvey Oswald, as basically everybody knows who's done any research on that or was around during the time. Um, it was actually uh, Jack Ruby, which is the famous you know individual. But th there was mafia ties between uh, Mr. Ferry, which I, I, I correctly discussed, which showed that there was mafia ties but potentially between him and Lee Harvey Oswald, as well as the CIA. He was a CIA asset as well. So, um, all of that holds true. It was just the naming that I got wrong. So I did want to make that correction. Uh, but now let's jump into this because, you know, talking about misplaced names, Mr. Peter Hotez, Dr. Peter Hotez, uh, is a foremost scientist when was, it comes, uh, comes to vaccine studies. He was actually at one point, uh, potentially going to take over the position of, of, uh, Fauci. Um, but 
the reason that he's discussed on this podcast between the two of them is that he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and Joe Rogan was during interviewing him goes, okay, okay. So I, I get that you want to bring up vaccines or whatever, how he entered, entered in this conversation. But, but let me ask you some questions. Do, do you go outside regularly? And the guy says, well, you know, not, not as much as I should. And he goes, okay, do you eat healthy? Like how often do you eat junk food? And he goes, well, uh, you know, I, I, I like junk food. And he's this, you know, kind of overweight older gentleman who's absolutely not in the type of shape that Robert F. Kennedy <laughs> Jr. is in. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is like pretty jacked for being as old as he is um, in great shape. And I guess there's a video floating around of him doing like a backflip recently uh, on Instagram or Twitter or something, but um, pretty wild. Anyways, so this sparks a response from Peter Hotez. And Peter Hotez is, I'm going to trickle back over to uh, Joe Rogan's uh, Twitter account, where we start to see some responses to this situation from Peter Hotez. So Professor Peter Hotez, MD, PhD, said, Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation. It's really true, um, Anna Merlan. Just awful. And from all the online attacks I'm receiving after this absurd podcast, it's clear many actually believe this nonsense. And then he quotes a freaking Vice article like an idiot. <laughs> so Peter Hotez comes out and, and makes fun of the Joe Rogan podcast and tries to delegitimize it. In response to that, Joe Rogan puts up a $100,000 prize to Peter Hotez to come onto his podcast and debate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. live on his podcast, which turns into a more than million dollar pool of money combined between Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, and several several other large influencers and obvious rich people. Um, so they all put money up and they say, we'll give you, I believe it's like more than $1.6 million at this point that people have contributed to him coming on and having a debate with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, this is one of the foremost people cited about vaccine studies and he refuses. So here's Joe Rogan's response. Joe Rogan says, Peter, if you claim what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is saying is misinformation, I'm offering you $100 thousand dollars to the charity of your choice if you're willing to debate him on my show with no time limit all right so in response to that uh peter hotez let's see if he if we can let's dive into this and he responds and says you know as we all know at this point he's not going to debate him because he knows that he will find himself in an extreme amount of trouble if he actually goes on there and starts to have a discussion with him. Um, but I don't know if there's a direct response to that. But Joe, uh, Elon Musk responds. Oh, that's a parody account. So not real Elon Musk. I love how it has to say parody, but they can still be verified. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can get some Elon responses to some of this. Um, not the parody account, though. Let's get the real account. Uh, but uh, Peter Hotez does not respond to that. He then goes on to respond and says, um, the next response that he gets is honestly 
and this comes from Vinay Prasad, MD, responds to Joe Rogan's previous of the $100,000 claim, says, honestly, Peter Hotez is not the person for the task. The man is steady stream of incorrect COVID-19 policy and naked partisan politics. The truth will be entirely undefended. So Peter Hotez goes on to respond and says, you have my cell, my email. I'm always willing to speak with you, Joe. To which Joe Rogan responds, this is a non-answer. I challenged you publicly because you publicly quoted and tweeted and agreed with that dog shit Vice article. If you're really serious about what you stand for, you now have a massive opportunity for a debate that will reach the largest audience a discussion like this has ever had. If you think someone else is better qualified, suggest that person. Then Joe Rogan responds again, saying, by the way, at Peter Hotez, I saw this tweet that you just deleted. And Peter Hotez said this and then immediately deleted it within five minutes. And he said, be serious, Joe. That's what you throw out for your hunting buddies on a weekend. A $50 million endowment, which you, Spotify and RFK Jr. can easily afford, not for me, but so we can continue making low-cost, patent-free vaccines for the world's poor, preceded by Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s public apology. So he says, I won't do it for a hundred grand to a charity. I'll do it for $50 million only, right? Which is obviously absurd. Nobody's going to pay you $50 million to go have a debate, you idiot. Anyways, the fact that Joe Rogan calls him out for that and goes, by the way, I saw this one you deleted, you idiot, is hilarious. All right, now, I mean, and, and to be fair, this is pretty wild. Joe Rogan has not had a serious, in-your-face, confrontational Twitter beef with somebody in a very long time. Like, Joe Rogan is at Peter Hotez's throat right now on Twitter and, and obviously angry with him and to publicly call him out. This tweet that he tweeted had 50 million, 60 million almost views, 60 million. That's one out of five people in the United States, 50 million, 60 almost million views that one of his statements said, and he's calling this man out publicly saying, even when Joe came out and said, I don't know, I didn't agree with you originally, RFK Jr. I was skeptical of you, but he was so convinced in this conversation and by RFK that he said, oh, wait, let's make this happen. So now he's going after Peter Hotez for mentioning anything at all about his his conversation with RFK being anything other than true. You do not see Joe Rogan going after people like this anymore at all. At all. It doesn't happen. So to see Joe Rogan just fuming and 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 publicly calling this man out and trying to convince him just to have a civil debate, a conversation explaining your side of the argument on a, the single largest public platform that anybody in history has ever had, if you believe in something wholeheartedly like vaccines and you can publicly point to the scientific studies as a leading thought leader in this industry or professor should be able to do, why would you not take that deal for a hundred grand to your favorite charity? Now what we find out is Elon Musk uh, and, and several other people join the club and it goes over a million dollars is what the, the prize pool is for him just, just to go on. It's not even to win the debate. It's just to go on there and have a discussion. They're going to pay him a million dollars. 
and he won't do it. So let's go back and see where the conversation goes from there. If you think somebody else is better qualified, he says, then suggest that person. Still no suggestion. Then he calls him out for the tweet that he deleted. Then he says, again, I'm going to ask you very clearly. So Peter Hotz has responded and says, Joe, if you are serious about addressing vaccines, the fact that 200,000 unvaccinated Americans needlessly perished during our awful Delta BA.1 COVID waves, including 40,000 in our state of Texas, because they fell victims to vaccine disinformation. I want to have that discussion. So Joe Rogan responds and goes, again, I'm going to ask you very clearly, are you willing to debate Robert Kennedy Jr. on my podcast? He then responds and says, I'm happy to come on and clear the air. I respect you and your show. I don't want an adversarial relationship. I think we can work well together. To which Joe says, are you sure I'm not part of a coalition with neo-fascist leanings? Seems like that's what you really think and what you're projecting to the masses. As he quotes a response from Peter Hotez on Twitter, uh, basically responding back on 5-9 uh, to a Tucker Carlson video, which is by Peter Hotez saying, I'm quite concerned about the Elon Tucker link. Then fold in Rogan and RFK Jr., and it becomes a pretty formidable coalition with neo-fascist leanings, in some ways darker or perhaps more dangerous than Trump, in my opinion. Awful. I just hope Team Biden is preparing, says Peter Hotez. So Joe Rogan calls him out for saying that several days prior. Are you sure I'm not a part of a coalition of neo-fascist leanings? Seems like what that's what you really think or what you're projecting to the masses. Then Joe tweets out again and says, to those misunderstanding what he's saying, he's not agreeing to debate RFK. He's just offering to come on my show by himself. Then uh, Elon Musk comes on and makes a response somewhere. Um I don't exactly see where that is. Let's see if we can go to Elon's Twitter. But Elon's just like in the back throwing popcorn at people. <laughs> uh, let's see what he has to say about it. But honestly, how cool that this is happening. I have such mixed feelings about Elon Musk, and you guys know that by now. <laughs> oh, let's see. Um Elon, Elon, Elon. Accounts that try to game our verification system with no, uh, no, or advertise misleading way to be suspended. All right, moving on. Let's see if he says this is the 17th. So we got to look at his responses. Twitter has this silly thing. So we can look at his replies. And in his replies, let's see. He goes on to respond. And retweets or responds to this. And Elon Musk shows a exploding head emoji. Oh, that's not what I was thinking it was. But it is interesting nonetheless. His average cost for one gigabyte of storage back in 40 years ago was 238000 And today is one cent. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Um, I thought it was the vaccine situation. Um, so he also responded to this and said, yep. 
Elon Musk said, yup to this. And it says somewhat unpopular facts. Some vaccines work well, some work less. Some people benefit greatly from vaccines. Some vaccines offer very little or no benefit. Some vaccines have risks that outweigh their benefit. Right? Yep. Okay. Easy enough. Um, now, let's see if he can make another statement about this. Pretty sure... 13 hours back. It should be about 12 hours ago or so that he had this discussion. Somebody says, this is Louis KC, um, a parody account. It says, my feed tonight, Joe Rogan instigating a doctor, Elon boosting with emojis, the doctor trying to play it cool, Lex Friedman talking about beauty. Repeat. <laughs> That's the, the perfect response to all of this. Um, all right, let's try one more little scroll here and see if he, uh, let's see. Okay, so here's an, an interesting one um, where the uh, they start to quote Dr. Robert Malone discussing Peter Hotez's response to uh, COVID, um, which makes for an interesting uh, discussion. And here it is. Was involved in the gain of function research going back. Uh, the fact that Peter was, was involved in the gain of function research going back to Obama's, uh, determination that, uh, that should not be done. I'm talking about the gain of function research specifically with the coronavirus. So Peter was absolutely involved in the gain of function research that we usually think of as centered around North Carolina. Uh, and uh, Peter was uh, clearly actively involved in trying to suppress any questions about that gain of function research in promoting the alternative storylines that now appear to be a propaganda campaign that may have been mounted by the intelligence community to deflect uh, attention from the uh, uh, apparent uh, role of EcoHealth Alliance, Ralph Barrick, and Peter Hotez. So there you go. So he was even a uh, Peter Hotez was a part of the gain of function research, as Dr. Robert Malone had just mentioned there. So I'm not exactly seeing the direct response that Elon Musk uh, was showing here, um, but. Give it one or two more scrolls. Uh, Elon Musk replies and says, accurate summary. Look, I'm prepared to argue in favor of vaccines if you'd like. Do I think vaccines should be examined closely and mortality risk isn't substantially reduced in America? Yes. However, you should definitely take vaccines if traveling to places where that disease, uh, where that disease uh, is prevalent. Do I think you should take most vaccines, even if you never leave America. Also, yes, the benefit may be small, but the risk is much smaller. Interesting. Coming from Elon Musk, who then replies and says, but it was a mistake to push for so many COVID-19 booster shots. Even the initial vaccine shot was overkill on quantity. There's obviously risk for the immune system going out of control when it sees that you've been trained it to believe it's a serious disease over and over again. Um, interesting. Let's go back to Joe Rogan's, but that, that's an interesting point. So let's touch on that real quick, which is that the fact that I think that it was a vast mistake by these uh, pharmaceutical and vaccine companies to take 
these two years of profits from the COVID-19 vaccine and lose at least 50 to 60, maybe now with RFK, 70% of the country's uh, viewpoint on vaccines. Because this one vaccine that they shoved into a two-year time frame with COVID is now made everybody question all of the other 72 vaccines that you get before the age of 18. What a horrible idea if you're a company to lose half of your base for sales for the future of ever um, for two years worth of profit. Right. So Peter Hotez says, um, and he just goes on to say the, the same response about 200,000 Americans and Texans and neighbors and da 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 da. Um, Joe Rogan retweets and says, to be clear, the best Peter Hotez, um, the biggest COVID jab, uh, to be clear, the best Peter Hotez, the biggest COVID jab advocate around, can say for the mRNA is that if he had made every American get them that incalculable constitutional cost, COVID deaths would be 15% lower now. Not 50%, 15. That's his estimate. That's what this person responds. Um, and then Joe Rogan continues this tiff um, by responding back to somebody who says uh, no medical professional, and this is Tom Nichols, who says no medical professional should ever agree to do this. Never. It elevates that conspiracy guy, demeans the medical professional, and will only convince the kooks out there that RFK is right because a real doctor took the time to debate him. Never debate a conspiracy theorist, says Tom Nichols. To that, Joe Rogan replies, and said, that would be a great suggestion if you could assure that the industry you were representing wasn't completely captured by heartless monsters who have a history of some of the biggest criminal fines in human history because their deception has cost hundreds of thousands of people their lives. It would be a great suggestion if the industry you were defending didn't occasionally look at human beings as an opportunity to generate insane wealth regardless of the tragic consequences. But you can't do that. So maybe it would be a good idea to have a fucking debate, Joe Rogan says on Twitter. Now, again, Joe Rogan was not an anti-vaxxer until this conversation. And now he's literally just diving head first into going after all of these people about the fact that the pharmaceutical industry, like this seems like it's been something that's been building in Joe for a long enough time now to where he's ready to go at, at this conversation. Um, so, uh, it's it's truly astounding that he's he's taken it to this level, especially when it's a vaccine rhetoric. Like I'm so happy that we're having this discussion publicly, and it's becoming something that is allowable to even speak on. Um, and Joe Rogan is making it that way because him and RFK just took this, and, and the fact that this is going to turn up into this huge debate um, is just incredible. And and Joe Rogan again, he does not go at people this way anymore. He used to a lot. Like you go watch his 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 conversation with Steven Crowder about marijuana. Um he used to go after people and in his uh wiser years, <laughs> so we'll put it, um in his wiser years, he's calmed down a little bit. He doesn't go after people the same way. Um but this is the first time in probably a decade that I've seen Joe Rogan go after somebody like this. Um and it's about vaccines vaccines, dude. Like it's crazy that this is, I'm so, so glad that this has become a topic of conversation. Stephen Kirsch jumps on and says, I will add a hundred thousand, making it 600 K debate him. Sadly, Hotez nor any other expert will not debate any misinformation super spreader. They are all afraid of things like facts and data. Um, and then Stephen Kirsch responds to that and says, I just up, uh, Joe Rogan debate offered a 600,000 to Hotez debate, uh, RFK. 
Now, somebody else says that uh, Joe Rogan grills Peter Hotez for exclusively promoting va vaccines while disregarding exercise, vitamins, and health diet. So this is exactly what I was talking to you about earlier in his actual conversation with Hotez in a previous uh, podcast that he did with them. So, Do you take care of your immune system in other ways? Do you take probiotics? Are you cautious about your diet? Um, I'm not as cautious about my diet as I should be. I'm a junk foodaholic, uh, actually. <laughs> well, that seems like a terrible thing for your health. It, it is a terrible thing for my health and something my wife is uh, working on. But that seems basis. ridiculous for someone who works with health. Yeah. Yeah. What's Somet going on with you, man? Sometimes, man, I just don't Sometimes. get it right. <laughs> How often? What? How often? How often do I steal a bag of chips or something like that? How often like do that? you eat garbage? Uh, He goes, uh, two times a week or so, you liar, Peter. We know the truth by looking at those cheeks of yours that it's not two times a week. Uh, I don't know. No, no, hopefully not every day, but you know. Definitely not two times a week there. <laughs> Here, here's his response. Hopefully not every day. Yeah, maybe a couple of times a week. Oh. That's what with Rachel, my, uh, my daughter with autism, that's like our thing is to go to the uh, it's called the burger joint or to um shake shack to get mm -hmm. a to get a cheeseburger we'll stick, sneak some fries so mm. so mm. live in large we call it like that mouth pleasure so much you're willing to sacrifice a little bit I, yeah i yeah i you know i you know i i can i have to concede that's the case well there's i have to concede that's the case well there's I, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but there's a, a large body. All right. So he goes on to ask him about uh, vitamins and a healthy diet and if he exercises. And all the answers are no, surprisingly, as this, uh, you know, unhealthy man in front of him uh, starts to speak on how you should go ahead and get experimental drugs shoved into your body. I, I can. I have to concede that's the case. Well, there's. Uh, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but there's a, a large body of data that connects poor diet to a host of diseases. Mm -hmm. That seems like a t crazy decision for a guy in your line of work. There you go. There you go. And this is the man that he's that he's debating with. Um, right now so so that's the original discussion you can actually go back and listen to his debate with him um, now mark cuban jumps in and mark cuban says way to talk in generalities joe not saying there aren't a lot of fucked up things about pharma that's why we created this plug for my company that he puts in there but to ignore that the same industry has saved who knows how many lives is bullshit and you know it it's also disrespectful to all the doctors, researchers, and medical professionals that dedicate their lives to saving lives, like Dr. Hotez and the 800,000 plus doctors in the country that believe vaccines save lives. You aren't trying to find the ground truth on vaccines. If you were, you would bring on somebody who focused on debating the issue, like the real truther. It's like some random person with 30,000 followers. Trying to bully Dr. Hotez is ridiculous. You have producers that will prepare you and you get to control the conversation. Robert Kennedy Jr. also has staff ready to prepare him, and these topics are what he talks about in every speech. You both do this on a daily basis. Dr. Hotez works every day to try and find ways to help people. Joe, you and Elon Musk's Twitter are the mainstream online media, and your platforms have become everything supposedly wrong with mainstream media. You are drive driven by self-interest. You, just like the mainstream media, always have or always has been accused of. And you both have earned that right. 
you busted your asses to get uh, to where you do and earned all that you have accomplished, but don't lie to yourselves and all of us and tell us you are different. You are not. And that was by Mark Cuban. Now, again, that has 62 million views. So then adding to our heavyweights in this conversation, Patrick Bat-David, who's a famous uh, influencer, millions and millions of people follow him, uh, owns several life insurance companies, um, sold off lots and lots of millions of dollars under this man as well, uh, responds to that and says, Joe trying to bully Dr. Hotez. Interesting. Let me address five issues with your tweet talks about the bullying. He says millions of America's uh, Americans from all walks of life were bullied into taking the vaccine. Some forced, many coerced, many threatened to lose their jobs. Thousands of businesses went bankrupt. Families were divided on the vaccine issue. Late night hosts doing skits dressed in syringes. Mayors of New York City offering free fries and a burger if you took the vaccine. NIH director flip-flopping on masks. Mainstream media calling those who question the vaccine conspiracy theorists. And you call Joe Rogan a bully? He says, number two, capitalism. What makes capitalism work? Freedom to buy, freedom to sell, freedom to try, freedom to fail. Keyword is freedom. You told me 10 years ago that your favorite book was Atlas Shrugged. I even gifted you a first print, first edition of the book eight years ago. A story of a dystopian America in which private businesses suffer under increasingly burdensome laws and regulations. Of all the people who knows what happened the last three years, it's you. We all know who got destroyed in that book. The small business owner, the man or woman who risked it all for a dream. These men and women who are heroes to society were bullied, mocked, silenced, and disrespected during the pandemic. How were laws and regulations during COVID? How many small business owners lost everything? You have the stats. You know the numbers. You know you're against this. I sometimes wonder what you fear. What is preventing you from using your logic, experience, and common sense that you have a ton of to share your point of view with your followers? This is number three, debate. I've watched you closely over the years. You're great at debating. So so great that you could argue both sides on any issue. I think you ought to make a run for 2024 presidential election. You have some very good points. I digress. You say, let's not disrespect all the medical professionals that dedicate their lives to saving lives like Peter Hotez and the 800K plus doctors around the country that believe vaccine saves lives. One of the benefits of living in America is its healthcare system. My dad was supposedly or supposed to be dead at 37 years old after having a massive heart attack. He wasn't supposed to live past 65. We are celebrating his 81st birthday today thanks to great doctors who took care of him. But just like cops, we know 99% of them are doing the right thing, but the 1% who don't should not be hold or should we not hold them accountable? All Joe is asking for is a debate. Dr. Hotez is right. Or if he is right, then what does he have to lose? Is he too good for it? You sure don't fear debating anybody. Why protect Dr. Hotez instead of letting them get in the ring? Debating is the American way. It helps us get closer to the truth. Number four, comparing Elon Musk and Joe Rogan to the mainstream media. That's a bit of a stretch, but I have an idea why you said that. Before October of last year, these types of conversations were not possible on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, only in private settings. Many content creators were silenced if they interviewed people with opposing views. Our, our RFK interview was taken down on YouTube two years ago. Content creators were walking on eggshells, afraid of being deplatformed. Musk isn't silencing anyone who argues for vaccines. He's actually creating a climate to have a debate. Just this week, MSN and NBC or CNN said they won't air Trump's speech because he already knew in advance what he had to tell was was lies, as if uh, Joe Biden only tells the truth. Question mark. That sounds like a dictatorship where the elite know what's best for you and I. As if we can't think for ourselves. A bit arrogant, pompous, don't you think? Thank God, Twitter, Spotify, Rumble, and other platforms exist. 
And then he says, good job pushing your strategy uh, for your drug company, a lesson for small business owners. <laughs> Keep pushing the envelope. We need as many voices as possible. And that is where this was left off, was the very last tweet that Joe Rogan discussed on this um, was that one right there. All right. So <clears throat> Patrick Bad David is continuing to respond about this. Uh, interesting. Um, now you can go back and look at uh, whether Peter Hotez is continuing to respond, which he's kind of uh, been going on some sort of manic uh, posting over the last, you know, I don't know, uh, two days or so since this happened. But as I said before, I'm just happy this discussion is happening. You know, this was an untouchable subject. How many moms of children who decided not to vaccinate their children were called crazy for decades, for decades. How many people who had autistic children who decided not to vaccinate their next child because their last child got, you know, a vaccine and then lost its ability to speak at 18 months was decimated, decimated online by social media companies for speaking out about their beliefs. So after so many moms, so many parents, so many people were silenced about vaccines, we're finally having a conversation about it on a major platform by a major influencer like Joe Rogan and like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So I love, love, love to see it. I'm so happy this discussion is being had, even if there's some validity and some, you know, there, there's obviously maybe use cases for vaccines, maybe, but there's obviously downfalls. You know, I, I don't have a reason at this point to, you know, pull any punches for you guys. Um, I I personally believe that anything that you're introducing into your body, into your life, um, that is does not come from the earth is something that should be questioned. Uh, there's a lot of homeopathic medications um, and pharmaceuticals and uh, homeopathic uh, ways of going about things that you can address that helps your body fight things um, that doesn't, you know, exactly get pushed by companies like Pfizer because they're very inexpensive and cannot be patented pharmaceutically. Uh, so, you know, something to look into yourself. But again, I'm just happy this conversation is is being had. I'm no expert on any of these topics. Do your own research. Um, but question everything. Question everything. Question all the technologies. Question the 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 radio frequencies that are traveling through your brain. <laughs> uh, question how you heat up your food and what you're heating it up in. Question whether the frogs are gay. Uh, you know, question it all. <laughs> and that is what makes this uh, country so great. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. Uh, head over to the Substack, austinadams.substack.com. Head over to antielite.club. Get yourself some merch. I appreciate it. Love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.